Hey, welcome back to the Laravel Podcast, Season 5. And this season, every single episode is going to be about a single package-ish. Most of them will be a single package, but especially when I'm talking with Taylor, who we have here today, we're going to be joining together some of the packages in the Laravel world that also just make sense to connect with each other. So our first one, first of all, of course, we got to get Taylor because we're going to be talking about some of Laravel's kind of like third-party packages, even though they're really first-party. Um, and so we're going to jump together Fortify and Breeze and Jetstream and Spark, really just kind of like all the auth-related stuff. So to get started, of course, everybody knows who you are anyway, but I just got to put you through this one more time. Taylor, can you uh, tell everybody who you are and say hi real quick? Hey, I'm Taylor Otwell. I created the Laravel framework. There we go. So we have a pretty rigid schedule and agenda for this one. We're just going to kind of try it for this first episode and see how it flows. So let's just get started with it. So obviously, a lot of these questions are defined around the concept of it being a single package, but this is not just one package. But you and I agreed that like Fortify, Breeze, Jetstream, and Spark do make sense to kind of be joined together. So could be one or the other or could be kind of like all of them. But can you start with by just giving the elevator pitch for all the packages and then maybe each one individually and kind of what are the main jobs that they do? Yeah, so the elevator pitch for basically all the packages is they're all essentially starter kits for getting started quickly building a new Laravel application. They're usually installed when you first start a fresh Laravel application. They're rarely installed on an existing application. And they just kind of get you a head start in terms of mainly authentication functionality, logging people in, registering users, resetting passwords, forgotten passwords, and even, I think, email verification. Mm-hmm. And that they're all basically existing to serve that purpose. Spark sort of augments that basic story with also adding subscription billing plans and downloading invoices and updating credit card details and stuff like that. But they're all essentially starter kits. Yeah. So before I actually ask you to dive into each of them individually, if somebody, I want to talk really quickly about the the background. Um, if somebody has used Laravel where make off was a thing, you know, you do mm-hmm. the, the Laravel space make colon auth on the command line. It would just automatically scaffold all this kind of stuff. Can you tell us real quick what which piece of this new system kind of replaces that? And what was the kind of what was your goal in extracting it out to separate package slash packages? Yeah, so Laravel Breeze is basically the spiritual successor to the old make auth command, which is still mm-hmm. available on GitHub and is still currently working with the latest Laravel 8. But definitely Laravel Breeze is the successor to that. And we can kind of get into the history of that because Laravel Breeze actually came out, I think, a few months after Laravel Jetstream. Yeah. And Jetstream and Spark are sort of tied together also once we get into the history of kind of why these packages were built and how they were built and things like that. Yeah. Okay. And then the other question was Spark. Well, you know what? If we're going to get the histories, I was going to say, because Spark used to be something different than what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should probably start with like, Spark and, and Jetstream and how those things came about. And I think yeah. that will, you know, lead I think this is a breeze. perfect time for it. So let's kind of just okay. walk through because I think in, in talking through like what each of them is, we can also just kind of come to it through where did they come from? So would you just yeah. kind of tell us the history, like fr- starting from maybe when you decided to get rid of make off and extract things to where we are today? Right. So let me actually start with Spark. So I put out Spark in 2016. And as you said, um, it looked pretty different than how it looks today. And originally, it actually looked a lot more like Jetstream looks today, Mm -hmm. where it scaffolded out your applications, login, registration, team management, in addition to all the billing stuff that people think of when they think of Spark, probably. 
And the idea was for it to be sort of a SaaS starter kit because I had built Forge, I had built Envoyer by this point, and I really wanted to kind of extract out a lot of that boilerplate, mm-hmm. getting started code around subscriptions and users and teams and make a package for that so that if I ever wanted to build another sort of software as a service product like Forge or Envoyer, I would have a pretty good head start on getting that done. Okay, so I put that out in I think 2016. And then when we started thinking about the next major version of Spark, one thing that we really wanted to do was have it be front-end agnostic. So Mm -hmm. one of the problems with the original version of Spark is that you pretty much needed to be using Bootstrap. Mm -hmm. Um, You pretty much needed to be using a certain way of setting up your Vue.js front-end. And if you weren't doing that, you were sort of going to have a bad time. And we really wanted to get away from that. And at the same time, we also really wanted to focus Spark only on billing and get rid of all of the authentication, the registration, the team management, and pull that out into a separate package that we would just release for free. Yeah. Um, We also wanted to move away from bootstrap to tailwind, things like that. And so kind of how we tackled this is we came up, we extracted all of the, the user registration, the login, the team management into a free package, which we called Laravel Jetstream. And uh, we converted that to tailwind and sort of modernize the whole thing, give it like a fresh design and stuff like that. And then the billing part we extracted into a new version of Laravel Spark that only was this sort of isolated billing panel Mm -hmm. that was a whole separate part of the application that had its own front-end assets that did not interfere with your application at all so that your application could actually be built in React and our Spark billing portal is actually built using Inertia.js and Vue, mm-hmm. but you would never know that because it just fits so seamlessly into your app because it has its own assets already compiled that ships with the package. And so that was sort of how Jetstream and Spark got split uh, from what used to be the sort of monolithic Spark package. Mm-hmm. And now uh, Fortify kind of comes into this uh, because when I was writing Jetstream and we needed to write all of this authentication logic around login and registration, some of the feedback we had from the previous version of that scaffolding was that some people are just authenticating single page applications or right. SPAs, and they don't really need redirects or views or anything like that in their authentication scaffolding. So I thought, okay, I have a great idea. I'll extract all the authentication scaffolding out into mm-hmm sort of a headless package called Laravel Fortify that doesn't have any front-end implementation at all. And then Jetstream will just consume that package to sort mm-hmm. of handle all of that authentication logic. And so that's how we kind of ended up with three initial packages, which were a Jetstream, Fortify, and Spark. Yeah, And some of the response to that is what led to uh, Breeze, which we can talk about next, I guess. Yeah. So I imagine, you know, with the laugh that you just had, the response was... I think a little bit of just this is overwhelming, right? It went from yeah. make auth to figuring out how the pieces work together. And I think your response was, well, it's so that people can do so many more things, right? But you also said, like, right. I do want it to be simpler from the beginning. So, like, can you talk through kind of like when you hear that response, like what was the process of deciding to make Breeze kind of like for you? Mm-hmm. So the response was definitely mixed, as you said. I think the response to Spark was actually really good. Yes, um, because yeah, it, it's fantastic. It had a lot of improvements and fixed a lot of things. But the response yeah. to Jetstream and how you customize Jetstream, it was more complicated in the sense that it had more features like team yeah. management, two-factor authentication. That The response to that was all pretty mixed. And 
some people love it. It actually has more downloads than Breeze even yeah. today. I but that. so my my thinking was okay. At first, I was pretty resistant to tackling another starter kit on top of what mm-hmm. I had just released. But I was getting so much sort of mixed feedback about it. I decided just to <laughs> bite the bullet and go ahead and do it. Yeah, and created this thing called Laravel Breeze. Breeze being sort of a a small jet stream, so to speak, is where that That's name awesome. comes from. <laughs> And it very much worked like the old make auth command where there wasn't a lot of hidden or magic functionality behind it. It basically just copied controllers into your app, copied views directly into your resources views directory. And everything was just there in the open for you to edit after that. So there's basically no code hidden in Breeze. It's basically just a command line package that exports files into right. your application like takes stubs and then puts them in your application and then it's yeah, done with exactly. its job yeah yeah it puts stubs out there and it's a it doesn't have the same amount of features like it only has login registration password reset and email verification it doesn't have any team management it doesn't have any two-factor authentication or like user profile screen built in you're kind of responsible for building it from there which is the same situation we had with make auth and i think yeah. that really sort of resolved a lot of people's complaints and fears that getting started with the scaffolding feels too complicated now yeah so i'd love to talk real quick about like helping people make a decision like let's say that somebody says you know which of these should i use in any given moment so I think it's clear that like if you only need what the old make auth have, which you just basically said is like user, you know, login, sign up, password reset, uh, maybe email verification. I can't remember. Breeze mm-hmm. is going to get you there. So especially if you're like an old school Laravel program, you remember make auth, Breeze is going to get you there. So Fortify, is anybody ever going to use Fortify on its own other than for SPAs? I really am trying to steer people away from that these days. And that ties in with something that was just released this week, actually, which is the whole purpose of Fortify, as I said earlier, was to sort of be able to authenticate both traditional backend web applications like those built with Jetstream and also single page applications like you might build with a Vue SPA or Next.js or Nux.js or whatever other front end framework you're using. But the problem is it's a little complicated to understand and use. It's well documented, but there's just a lot of pieces there to really grasp. Yeah. And so what we did this week is actually release a new stack for Breeze. We call them stacks. So like Breeze has a blade stack where it can scaffold out a purely blade implementation of the starter kit, or it has a view stack, which uses view and inertia, a react stack, which uses react and inertia. And now we have an API stack, which Mm -hmm. when you do Breeze install, and you pass API to the command, it actually scaffolds out the backend controllers, but no front end. Mm-hmm. And everything's set up so that you can authenticate an SPA. And we released a reference implementation of such an SPA yeah. in Next.js, open source on GitHub. So after that, after this past Tuesday, <laughs> I actually know I would not, I would try to steer people away from trying to use Fortify um, yeah. on its own and just let it be something that Jetstream uses internally that you don't really care about or think about that much because we sort of have this new easier to grasp scaffold. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be a bit easier for people to understand. And so we've tried to emphasize this actually in the doc. So kind of yeah. getting back to your question of what should people use you know, today if they're just getting started? When you go out to the Laravel docs and you click on starter kits, Laravel Breeze is the first thing you yeah, see. Yeah. And then when you get down to Jetstream, there's sort of a smaller section about it. And we actually have in bold, uh, for those brand new to Laravel, we recommend learning the ropes with Laravel oh, Breeze cool. before graduating to Laravel good. Jetstream. Yeah. So 
Definitely Breeze. If you're just getting into Laravel, Breeze is the way to go 100% because nothing's going to be hidden from you and you're going to be able to kind of browse through all the source code mm -hmm. and understand how it works. Mm, that's good. So Fortify, we would just say at this point, probably nobody needs to use Fortify on its own unless you're like really digging deep into something and you got to write your own custom thing. Breeze right. is where everybody gets started. And then Jetstream is where you go if you want to add. So you mentioned it's got some actual admin panels. It's got some team management. Like what's the criteria right. you would say for people to switch to Jetstream? Team management is a pain to write and yes. quite a bit of boilerplate code. Um, yeah. So if you have that, if you need that, Jetstream is definitely worth looking at. The other stuff is a little bit easier to write on your own. I mean, two-factor authentication is definitely a little bit annoying to write. Yeah. So, but team management is definitely the big bear there that I think if you have an app and you know you're going to need teams from the start, and if you even think you might need teams from the start, I would recommend looking at it because adding teams to an app after yes. you've already built it's the app miserable. and it doesn't have teams is yeah. an even worse problem to have. So, yeah. Um, it's funny because we often tell our clients things like we can just make changes later, but there's some things and we tell them this as well. There's some things that are a lot harder to do later. And that is high on the list because it's like a complete underlying architecture refactor like of what your primary yeah. object is for authentication so yeah it really is and it's like i saw a tweet from ben orenstein who runs tuple where he said that like if you ever think your app needs like more of one thing you should just do that from the beginning like if like in a forge context mm -hmm. you know we would never have let you hook up one server provider like go ahead and let right. you hook up multiple server providers or yeah um, have multiple teams like it's so hard to add those kind of things yeah. after the fact because your initial implementation just makes all these assumptions about like there being yeah. one of them. Yeah, totally. So Spark, is Spark just, yes. hey, if you need recurring subscription billing, add Spark, basically? At, at this point, yes. And that's where we wanted to get it. We wanted it to be a more focused thing that only focused on subscription billing. Yeah. And by extracting it into its own, at, its own sort of isolated billing panel, which is very much inspired by Stripe's own billing portal. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you've seen that where like yeah. customers can kind of manage their own subscriptions. Our design even looks similar to that yep. in ways. It's so that like we can update Spark and you don't have to update anything in your own application, mm, which was that. always a serious pain in previous yeah. versions of Spark. Yeah, the previous Spark for anybody who's never used it before would basically assume that you had a view and bootstrap based like admin panel that had like your left nav set up a certain way, your structure, like you mentioned, set up a certain way. And so if you didn't have it set up that way, it was just, it was either jarring to switch because it was like not really designed in such a way where you'd think, oh, this is a natural switch. Um, and then like you said, it's, it was difficult maintenance burden, but it's cool because I expected the solution would be to make it like more work to integrate it with your existing app. Like it'd have to be more integrated with your existing app. And then Stripe came up with this idea of like, hey, look, you can just go to a separate part of your site that does feel pretty distinct. And so when you built that way with Spark, it just makes so much sense because it's it's the users can totally just comprehend that like you're you're sliding into a different part of your application right here. It looks a little different, but it's very clearly because like people are like used to credit card modals and stuff like that. Right. They look a little different anyway. So I love the way you set that up. Yeah. And we let you customize, of course, like the basic color and primary mm -hmm. color and font and stuff like that. So you can get it pretty close. But yeah, I think it's I, I really like it. Actually, we use it for every product we have now, nice. um, which we did. We actually did not ever use the old spark for anything, Yeah, um, which always bothered me as well, because mm -hmm. like we have this product that we honestly don't even use ourselves and can't use. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, yeah, you can't like add it to your existing app. You know, after yeah, that. yeah, but now Forge, that. Envoyer, and Vapor are all using the latest Very version cool. of Spark. Okay, I didn't know that. 
so that normally the next question we would be asking is how you install it. I don't think that that's something that's going to be reasonable to walk through for all four of these. And the docs <laughs> are really good. So let's not worry about that one for this one. But we so we have talked about what every single one of them do and what their reasons are for existing. We've talked about what helps us decide which ones we're going to pull in. And just a quick recap on that, everybody, is just, uh, you know, these are not absolutes. But the simplest answer is don't use Fortify. Just allow it to be pulled in by other things. <laughs> Start with Breeze. And if you need Teams, switch to uh, add Jetstream instead. And if you need billing, use Spark. That's really kind of right. the simplest form of it. Yep, exactly. Okay, so the next question I have for you is, are there any lesser used features that are really cool in any of these or cool things you've people, seen people do that you don't think people are understanding? Like, like, are there any aspects of this that you think are like hidden secrets or things you wish people would try more? Or do you feel like it's all pretty much out in the open? No, I do feel like it's pretty out in the open. And, and people, I've seen people build pretty robust, cool looking apps with Jetstream, actually, that mm-hmm. you would not guess were Jetstream just by looking at them because they've customized them to such an extent. Um, so you can definitely do a lot with it. But no, I think for the most part, everything is pretty out in the open. There's not a lot of tips or tricks I could give yeah. for any of these packages. Yeah, I'm definitely imagining that like that question is going to be a little bit more relevant to the third party packages where maybe their documentation has not been like as obsessed over as your documentation yeah. has. So that mm-hmm. totally makes sense. Okay, so um, the next question is, do you have a development roadmap you'd like to share? And what I mean by that for you, because I think for a lot of other people, their roadmap is going to be a little bit more like, we have this plan, we just don't have time and resources for it, right? You've got time and resources to do stuff. So obviously, mm-hmm. if you had a, an immediate desire for these, you'd just do it. But I am curious, do you see, especially because you did just build this um, this API thing for Breeze for Nuxt and Next, and I know that you and Mohammed were both asking a lot of questions this past week about you know, what's the future of, you know, single page applications with these new kind of realm of things? Like, what do you think, based on your experiences through those conversations, like, do we have a good sense of what the future of these packages are? Is it that Breeze API situation where all this stuff is moving into the front end? Are are we expecting, like, that you're going to start building, you know, a next next and next versions of the auth, auth pages, you know, what, like, mm-hmm. and I'm not suggesting you should, but like, do you have a sense for kind of where the future is there? Yeah, that's what we've been trying to kind of figure out over the last few weeks and even few months for me is it, it's more of just like, I want to position Laravel to be a sensible solution, you know, for the next 10 years. And mm-hmm. That's going to look, I think, a little bit different than it did in the first 10 years because just the landscape of web development is evolving and changing. Yeah, A lot of people, I don't know about a lot, it's probably not the majority of Laravel users are using a front-end framework to build their mm-hmm. front-end either because their company wants them to or they like the development environment or maybe they don't. the people that work on their front-end don't even have server-side programming yeah. experience. Yeah, And so we want Laravel to be like, hey, we're really great at traditional MVC Rails style framework stuff. But we're also a really great choice if you need to authenticate your Next, your Nuxt, your Remix, whatever front end, or even you need to serve stuff to a mobile application, you know, Mm -hmm. authenticating with that sort of situation. And so building these starter kits is a way to sort of show Laravel is versatile and able Mm -hmm. to handle a lot of these situations uh, going into the next few years. Because I think, I mean, honestly, a lot of these sort of front end ecosystems are in their infancy, I would say, Mm -hmm. in terms of what they can do on the server side in a productive way compared to something like Laravel or Rails. Mm -hmm. Um, They usually don't feel as cohesive in that way for the back end as much as they do for the front end. And I think we're trying to be like, hey, you know, we can 
do all of that backend, sending emails, talking to databases, queuing jobs, mm-hmm. stuff you need to do really easily. And here's a starter kit for authenticating your front end, your front end SPA to get you started really quickly. Instead of just like buckling down and focusing on, no, we only serve only blade views, you know? Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. We don't want to kind of be locked in that mentality. Yeah. I love that. Anyway. So that's sort of my thinking. And then, you know, moving forward, the breeze stuff this past week was a big step in terms of getting a canonical example out there of, Hey, mm-hmm. how do I use Laravel with my next JS app? And now we have, yeah you know, a, a scaffolding kit out there that's officially maintained and an XJS implementation of the entire Breeze front end that's been written as an SPA and authenticates with that back end. And you can get it all set up in just a few minutes, actually, um, on your own local machine. So it's all really easy. Nice. I think that was a huge first step. I think we'll probably continue to explore ways we can position ourselves to be a viable contender for, you know, back end APIs and things like that. I don't know if that's through like you say Laravel new project name dash dash API or something uh-huh. like that. And certain view files are removed. So I think we'll continue to explore similar spaces in the future. Um, and we'll just kind of see where that leads. Yeah. I haven't gotten a chance to look at the stuff you released last week, but I'm curious. So like when I create a next app, you know, I'm not creating it in the context of a Laravel application at all. I, I'll right. build a Laravel application in a separate repo often to, to, to be an API or something like that. That sample thing that's basically Breeze built out, is that something that I go clone down or is that something that's yep. actually generated in my local application when I use the Breeze starter kit? So that front end piece, you actually clone down. So like you okay. clone down GitHub slash Laravel slash Breeze dash next. And okay. that is a Next.js application. There's no Laravel stuff in there at all. And um, Got it. it's a full implementation of all the Laravel Breeze features within Next.js 12. And awesome. it also includes like a custom use auth hook that handles all the authentication stuff if you need to get the current user stuff like that so you can just do use auth and then you have the current user right there available to you and that also exposes other functions like log out uh, log in but all that's already implemented for you and then the back end half is the part that's baked into breeze where okay i have the Next.js app and now i need all the backend routes that it talks to, to authenticate, to give me the current user, whatever, and wherever else I'm going to put my API stuff that is baked into breeze so that I can do breeze colon install API. And now okay. I have a complementary backend for that next JS front end. And so if somebody had an existing Next.js app or if they had a Nuxt one, they could just look mm-hmm. at that sample repo to figure out like basically what yeah. the integration looked like. That's the idea. Like if, if someone wanted to do this in Nuxt or, or Svelte kit or whatever, a remix, mm-hmm. this this implementation should be a really good reference point for how you would actually do that. Cause a lot of the concepts are the same between these frameworks in terms of pages and stuff like that. So this should provide a good starting point for pretty much any framework, but if you're using next, it's pretty much already done for you. Okay. And that's, you know what I just realized is that you did make the point that you don't think the majority of Laravel users are working this way. And I'm going to validate that hundred no, percent. Sure. I think that's a, it's actually a <laughs> small minority. I would imagine. Yeah. So since there's a, that small minority is not the only people listening to this podcast, a real quick note, if any of you have not worked with these tools before, Next and Nuxt and the others, they're essentially, so Next, we'll just talk about Next. It's a React app, but unlike traditional React apps, it has, it's a little bit like inertia almost in that you've got like, for example, you've got a pages directory and in that pages directory, each JavaScript or TypeScript file in there represents one of the individual pages and you don't have to build out your own router. It just navigates to them. So in that way, it kind of 
Well, anyway, yeah. So you basically would say like, I want to, I want to create pages slash about.js and you just put the content in the, the react render function there. And it just is available at your domain name slash about, right? That's just it. And it has other cool stuff that it can do. It has all the full functionality of react. And one of the things that Next has, I don't know about Nuxt, is it actually can spin up like a tiny little API server right there. It spins up its own node server. So it's very powerful for doing almost entirely front-end heavy things that you can just throw up on, you know, Versal, which is a Vercel or Versal, and other mm -hmm. just very front-end focused hosts. But as Taylor mentioned, and as I've mentioned on podcasts multiple times, the moment you really need to do something much more significantly robust in any of these apps, you now have to get into building, you know, you're probably not going to build an entire very complex API in that little kind of little API thing that they have there. And even if you did, you're going to be dealing with the shortcomings of Node in that there's just not the same ecosystem out there. There's not the same uh, level of maturity out there that you have in the Laravel world. And so for me, I've definitely fallen in love with Next. I Every time I build in Next, it feels fast. It feels snappy. It has all these amazing optimizations built in, but I don't want to stop using Laravel at all. So the idea here, again, for those of you who aren't in that world, is keeping a Laravel programmer, but instead of putting React or Vue in front of your app, you can actually use the fullness of this kind of like more robust and integrated like React router situation that, that is Next or, or, or Vue router situation that is Next and still keep, keep using Laravel as your backend. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was your development roadmap. So again, this is a little bit weird one for you, but I'm just going to ask it anyway. Do you have any requests for help or support on any of these? And obviously you have people who are working for, for Laravel and you got yourself, so it's not like you probably need programming help, but is there any input or anything else like that that you would want? Or are you just kind of like, hey, I'm pretty happy with where it is right now? Yeah, anyone that is familiar with, you know, as a super next expert or whatever and has any suggestions for the front end implementation yeah. there, feel free to send them my way. I'm okay at, you know, React and and stuff like that, um, but I'm definitely not a pro or an expert at it. Yeah. I think it, I I did enlist some help to actually create that reference implementation nice. from a uh, Miguel who's now heavy into the web three world. Yeah. And, but he, but he helped me actually build that whole next implementation. It also, if you wanted to, you know, fork that and build a Nuxt or remix mm -hmm. implementation for people, that's also a fun little project someone could have. Um, but that's about all I can think of. Yeah. Well, that totally makes sense. Well, again, I'm trying to keep this one, this, this season shorter. So I think for, <laughs> at least for this first episode, we're just going to kind of call it there. But before we do, is there anything you want to talk about with Fortify, Breeze, Jetstream, Spark, where you think we haven't a chance to cover it? Like if somebody has never worked with them before, and this is, this podcast episode is their first introduction to them. Is there anything else that comes to mind you want to cover? No, I don't think so. I just think that Breeze would be your best starting point. So if you're mm -hmm. new to these tools, try that out first and then work your way out from there once you get comfortable with that. I love it. Well, as always, thank you for the work you do for us in the community, and especially with this auth stuff. I know that, like, for example, when you split out Jetstream, you split out Jetstream to address people's difficulties, right? And then, mm -hmm. you know, and you got some really positive responses and then also some negative ones. And I know that that wasn't an easy experience. And then you made Breeze, despite it being extra effort, to try and kind of keep that simplicity available to us. So I just want to just say thank you for... Of course, I'm always grateful for the work you do, but especially in that particular moment, you're like, I'm trying to make it easier and I'm getting all this flack about it. And then you <laughs> took, you did another level of work and you made it easier and now you're kind of responding to the next stuff. So just in the auth situation, I've really seen your like attentiveness to trying to make sure that everybody has like a good experience. So thank you for work there and thanks for hanging out today too. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, y'all, we'll see y'all next time.